Hello, I'm Scott DuPont with another episode of Finance Your Movie, sharing tips and strategies to help you fund your independent feature, documentary, short film, or web series. Our mission is to empower you to get your money to tell your story. Okay, I'm here with Dan Griffin, an actor and producer, and Dan has almost 30 producing credits. Uh, are you with us, Dan? I am. Thank you so much for having me today. No problem. That is my normal introduction for someone who's been in the game quite a while and produced a ton of content, but um, I could literally almost write a whole movie about your life. So, um, I mean, the oldest of five kids, and then you were actually caring for a lot of them when you were still growing up. Seventh grade, you, you headed into New York City to go to school because it had some, um, some arts there that you didn't get at your other school. Twelve years old, you got this barbershop quartet. You start traveling all over. Then you hook up with a rock band or you formed a rock band. And then later you get hit by a car. You're in a coma for over 30 days. I mean, I could go on and on. But my point here, Dan, you, you, you had kind of an incredible childhood are there any of these things that happened to you that kind of sparked you getting into the film business or any life lessons from these crazy things that happened to you that helped you become the producer you are absolutely scott um i was always into writing and into performing and uh, the whole time I was at West Point, I was writing and doing stuff on the side. I was, you know, when I got hit by the car, obviously, that changed my life. I thought, you know, I had gone to the national finals in gymnastics. I was doing well in the military. I wound up getting myself hit by a car. And obviously, it changed life. So I was really writing a lot. And at that point, I had gotten the opportunity to write for a comic book company, Quest Comics. And I was working at a comic book store and was started to speak with somebody and they were coming out with a new television show called Breakfast in New England. So I started writing for the show and then I started writing for Jim Quinlan's cartoon with Evander Holyfield. And wow. very quickly things started happening. Um, I was trying to get back into life a little bit after the accident. Uh, and so I went to Western Connecticut and while I was there, I went to audition, went to be an extra for Central Park West, the television series at the time. And mm -hmm. I was so, so excited just to be an extra. <laughs> it was the first thing I had done. And I, they wound up not shooting our part, and they asked us to come back the next day. So I was there the next day. And they didn't shoot our part again, and they asked us to come back the third day. So we came back the third day. And... At that point, there was only three out of the original 20 on this in this one scene that kept coming back. So he asked us each to read, and I wound up getting the part. I was Tommy, the waiter, in that in that episode, which was fantastic. And oh, cool! About halfway through, he asked me, um, "He's like, is everything okay?" And I said, "Yes. Why did I I did okay?" And he said, "No, no, you you did great. You've been wearing the same clothes for the past couple of days." And I said, I didn't have the money to go back to Connecticut. So I just wandered around the city all night long so that I wouldn't miss wow. the show the next day. 
And he said, oh, my God, I want more people like you. So he took my number, and we, we were speaking. And sure enough, about three weeks, three weeks later, he calls, and he says, hey, Dan, um, I'm sorry. We're going to cancel Central Park West. But I do have a good friend out in California, Brian Lloyd, and he's a big manager, and I think you should go meet him. And he set me up an opportunity to go meet out, out with uh, Brian Lloyd. So, which was Jake Lloyd's father, the one who became Anakin in the uh, the new Star Wars movies. Oh, yeah, when, yeah. When he was a little kid. So I had this opportunity, and I started across country, and my car died. <laughs> and my little Chevette <laughs> died. And I was not going to blow this chance, especially because everybody told me I'd never make it, I couldn't do it, da-da-da-da. So I wanted to hitchhike in the rest of the way. I got down to Maryland. Wow. And I wanted to hitchhike from Maryland to California. And that's how I started my, my stint out in California. Um, wow. Well, that, 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 uh, that's it right there. You always look for a little spark or a little seed that sometimes early in life that can help someone be a successful producer and especially a, a successful fundraiser, which is a challenging thing. And uh, you definitely had that, that perseverance, that persistence that it, it usually takes. So um, before we jump, I, I want to kind of jump into the whole, to the whole uh, interview here. Thanks for sharing that, by the way. I forgot to yeah, sorry, uh, thank you. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it was great. It was great. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout-out and a thank you to um, Rick and Maggie uh, Pamplin for introducing us. Um, fantastic writer, director, producer team. So I um, want to make sure I, I thank them. So let's just jump right in. Um, you started your career. You got in front of camera a little bit there. Um, you started out doing some, by producing some shorts, some yes, short films. I, right. After I, got out of the, uh, after I got out of some of the actor, while doing the acting, I was writing and I had some things optioned. And then, you know, half the time they don't want the writer on set, you know. And yeah. I was on set and one of the directors had chased off half the crew, like twice. And people were like, you know, where are we going to keep getting crew? And I had just always speaking with everybody, talking with everyone. I said, well, geez, I, I have got a lot of crew members. So people were like, well, who are you? Why do you have crew members? Like, you should be a producer or something. And one thing started leading to another. I was tired of people taking my options product and not finishing it, messing it up, changing the ending, whatever, and decided I was going to do it myself. And so I started trying to figure out how to raise money. And it was at that point that um, an actress, uh, Janet, Janet Miranda, had introduced me to this wonderful woman, Julie Davis, and her husband had passed. And he used to find financing for very large films, big stuff. And she asked if I would help her. And I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> at the time. Now, now was, it, was this the story where you were actually on the set and Janet told you that, that, that they lost their funding? This is like the 11th hour? That was, that was for the American Gangster. That was for American Gangster. Oh, okay. So, that, so that's different. Okay. So let, let's yeah, continue it, with your it, story. Sorry, sorry for cutting in. Slight, no, 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 no. It's slightly down the road. It's about a half a story away. But um, 
So I, I started helping Julie Davis, and the funny thing was her husband was so big in doing this that one of the very first calls that she had me on to help do this was with Marty Scorsese. On uh, Wow. And how old were you? Inside. At this point, I was out of the service. I was probably 20-something, maybe four at this point. And... 24, 25, somewhere around there probably. And I, uh, maybe a little younger. Um, and you're on the phone with no Marty idea. Scorsese looking for money. I, and I had no idea what I was doing. I, you know, I had no idea what, <laughs> what half this stuff was. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. You know, all I'm saying is to everybody out there, keep trying and keep making it happen no matter what. Like, just have confidence in yourself. Because I thought I was speaking pretty well with them. And at the end of this all, he, he says, uh, he goes, do you have any questions for me? And I said, yeah, I was wondering, why do you have like six actors for each part? And there's just dead silence on the phone. And then he starts laughing and he goes, oh, you had me. Okay, that was good. That was really good. So he hangs up. You know, we hang up, we finish the conversation. And I'm like, what the heck? So I called my buddy. Vince Duque, who was a director in AD, and he, he's like, you dummy. It's Marty Scorsese. Every actor in Hollywood wants to be in his role. So these are the wish lists. These are the people who want to be there if their schedules are open. And I was like, oh, wow, what a dummy I am. <laughs> but, you know, that's how I started it. And I was calling everybody I could, friends who worked for Pepsi, anything I could think of that would get me money originally. And then it started clicking in very quickly. I, I read some books. I started going to seminars. Um, I, I wish that we had movie, uh, movie Money Confidential like you and uh, the Pamphlins did because, boy, that was, that, was a phenomenal, that was a phenomenal film and would have helped me greatly. Anybody who's raising money who has never raised money before, definitely watch Movie Money Confidential. Not to put a plug in for you, but it's a phenomenal. No, thanks, thanks for that. But what what are some of the things? So you're kind of stumbling around at 24 years old. You don't really know what you're doing. What are what are some of the things you did that worked that got you investor checks? Well, so I started going. I, I had a comic store, and I started speaking to some of the people that like doctors and dentists and auto mechanics, and started getting little bits of money, little trinkets of money in for some of the smaller shorts, as you brought up, and started doing that, started meeting people, started going to seminars, started just trying to meet everybody that I possibly could. Um, I started looking up who funded other films, uh, who was the executive producer, what companies did they work with. Um, I started looking at a lot of that and very quickly started to meet a lot of people. Uh, my first, besides a couple of the smaller things, um, my first big project, I had a producer that I had known from in the past, John Sekar, who had contacted me about Cabin Fever 2. Um, and I saw Cabin that. Fever I mean, what, what, what an amazing franchise to be part of after the success of Cabin Fever. That movie blew up. Exactly, exactly. And thank God it did, because that was... The Saving Grace, it did do so well. And I was on I Am Legend at the time. 
And I was on I Am Legend, and there's this little girl crying one day on set. Her dad was making phone calls. He was a big businessman, and he wanted to be a good dad and bring her to I Am Legend because I Am Legend had, like, hundreds of extras, and half of, like, New York was becoming an extra for I Am Legend. And so he brought his daughter, and she was over there crying one day that she was all by herself. I had just written my new children's book, and I gave her one of my children's books. I also gave Will Smith's uh, daughter, Willow, one of the children's books. And oh, cool. On, on set. And so he came over and he goes, wow, that was really nice. What do you do? And we started speaking. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm trying to move into the, the, the area of producing here. And he said, well, it seems really hard. And I said, well, I, I think I'm getting it down pretty well. It's the money that's the hard part. And he said, boy, I would always, I've always wanted to put money into a film. I tell you what. Oh, my God. Just like did. that, huh? Just like that. And he goes, thank you for what you did for my daughter. And keeping her company and giving her the book. I really, really appreciate that. I'll tell you what. Here's my card. If you ever get anything. Literally, three <laughs> hours later, John Sakar calls me. And he goes, Dan, I know you raise money for films. And you try to. And we, we Cabin Fever 2, we're at the last rope, last string. We, we're, we're dying here. We don't have enough money to keep going. And I said, what do you need? And he goes, about 250 So during lunch, I went back to Chandler, and I said, look, you know how well Cabin Fever did. I have, I just got a phone call. Cabin Fever 2 is looking for money. They're looking for about 250 I don't know what you'd be comfortable with. And he said, 250 for Cabin Fever 2. I saw Cabin Fever 1. You know what? Okay. He makes a couple phone calls, and next thing you know, I have them all on the phone, and boom, deal's getting done. Wow. 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 Talk about timing. Talk about timing. Um, I, I want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, right before Cabin Fever, a year or two before that, you did The Last Tomorrow. That was your first uh, feature. Did you fundraise for that? Yes, I did. Uh I was working with uh, Juan Reynoso, and the two of us were finding financing, and we found it for that that film, and it was it was a fun film. It was really cool. That was like really the first one that I had found financing for. The low low, bu- low budget, film. obviously. Lower budget, yes. Lower budget, but and are you um, are you just kind of calling up friends or people you know or have some kind of relationships with? Yeah, we were we were doing everything we could on that. Um, he brought in a bunch of the money. I had a bunch of the. Mo- I had a little bit of the money. Uh, I forget which way it went. I, and then eventually, maybe I, I had an auto mechanic guy give us some. He had some more, and they then we used those two to leverage a third or fourth person to put some in. We had. I remember there was like a restaurant owner. We just, you know, in the beginning. You get money however you can. You, you're making yourself a card. Your, your first couple films are business cards to get your name. In. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's what that was for us. Um, you know, awesome. Had, right around that time, actually, you know, not to talk about all the, the bad and corruption and everything in the industry, but we had raised money for a show called Grudge Match. We probably raised about 45 um, no, was that, was that the uh, De Niro film? No, no, that was that was one with or the TV a, show, uh, a TV show with the UFC um, uh, fighter uh, guy Metz. Yeah, yeah, okay. 
Yeah, correct on TV. We yeah, raised money for that, and the director actually took the money and ran off to uh, Australia or, or New Zealand or wherever he went. I think it was Australia. He literally took wow the forty-five thousand, packed up the new camera that they got, and just disappeared. Wow. So, now I won't say that name, valuable but. lesson. I I learned a lesson like that early in my career. When you're one of the main people going to your people and you're bringing in the money, you you got to have a mechanism in place. You got to handle the money yourself, or you got to you got to trust your producing partner like your life right. depends on it. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hey, um, we're running into a little bit of a a, a time crunch. Can I can I bring you back in uh, thirty seconds sure. for uh, just to continue? Sounds great. 